welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Levitt, and uh, this week we're going to be taking a look at, oh shit, fuck, what is it called? <laughs> World of Tomorrow. World of Tomorrow by... Damn, uh, <laughs> What's his name? Don. Don Hartsfield. <laughs> I'm real prepared, guy. Come on, man, do your homework. Do you? Do it's you want to just? I did do the homework just a few days ago. <laughs> uh, this time around, I'm joined by by two fellow nerds who are much more prepared than I am, and they can introduce themselves. Uh, Jonavi then Chowder. Hi, I'm Jonavi. Uh, I've been dead slash in grad school for a while, so hi. I'm back. How are you doing? Pretty good. Also dead and in grad school. Uh, hi, I'm Taimul Chowdhury, or Chatter, whichever you prefer. And, uh, <coughs> my lollipop is too big. <laughs> no, it's my spoon is too big. Oh yeah, that's the quote. Whoops. You fucked it up. Alright. fucked it up. <laughs> Another classic Soiled Donny it. Boy Soiled original. It. Soiled it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a different thing entirely that's a, that's a different thing the same sense of humor i would i i feel yeah that's fair all right guys uh we're gonna start off by summarizing and and discussing the topic and then we'll do a little rating section at the end where we decide if it was uh worthwhile and enjoyable summary away we're uh so this is a pretty pretty short film mm-hmm. by by our good pal Don. Uh V was kind of the one who brought this to our attention, so I'm going to mostly throw it off to her, and we're going to talk about it as we go. Uh, V, would you like to start us off talking about The World of Tomorrow? Sure. So uh, World of Tomorrow is in two parts, part one, and then like at least a year, but perhaps two years later, came part two. Now, World of Tomorrow, part one. Are we, t- are we, which... We're just talking about part one, right? Uh, Because I I, I never got to watch uh, part two. Part two? Okay, then yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll talk about part one. So part one is uh, a roughly 15 minute long short film, a science fiction film, in which a little girl named Emily is visited by her like third generation uploaded digital consciousness self from the future because um, that like generation of consciousnesses is like dying out and apparently like Emily 3 is um you know feeling kind of nostalgic just kind of wants to visit Emily Prime little girl and <laughs> you know just sort of share some stuff about the world with her so sort of throughout the film little girl is just kind of like doing little girl <laughs> stuff sort of derping around and then That's great. <laughs> like em like third third generation adult Emily is sort of explaining like you know the state of the world in this outer net environment in which like sort of everything's digital and people are putting old memories into museums to like look at them just sort of sharing her life experiences like the first job that adult Emily had was you know with handling robots on the moon and she it gets pretty dark. She's talking about how she like gave them a fear of too. death so that they would stay in the sunlight and not, you know, like die on the dark side of the moon because they're solar powered robots. There she fell in love with a rock and eventually she falls in love with like a natural human being clone um, who's one of the older clones and is a little has fewer problems no, has more problems. Has much more problems. Has more yeah, problems. He's like mentally deteriorating, right? Yes. And then that clone unfortunately dies and does not have a chance at life again renewed by digital uploading. <laughs> she says that she's proud of her sadness and all of these other kinds of things while like this little girl, Emily, is just kind of like, I don't really know what's going on, but like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of just like dark, dark humor. Right. Yeah. And then it's dark humor, but it's also like very sincere. Like it's not yeah. sar- sarcastic dark humor. It's right. Like, like it's it does have hints of sarcasm to it, but it also like mm-hmm. yeah. kind of gets to the bottom of things sometimes. Yeah. Since it is 15 minutes, uh, I would recommend to any listeners that you perhaps just go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> and you'll sort of see what we mean about like 
it's dark, but it's not like the kind of gritty dark or the kind of biting dark or the dark yeah. just to be funny. It's I mean, kind there's, of... Right, like there's only so yeah. dark you can get when the entire thing is animated with stick figures too. <laughs> so, <laughs> Honestly, I think the stick figures help and make help the dark humor, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know, like Don Hertzfield has always like had this way of like getting a lot of mileage out of the stick figures and like the fact that their stick figures make it yeah i mean i mean um you know most people uh probably know to the audience most of you probably know him from uh like the rejected uh commercial pitches he did you know we we quoted that earlier for the learning channel right where the like the guy who walks in and goes i am a banana (laughs) exactly exactly my spoon is too big that guy yeah so you're probably at least familiar with those lines if you've not seen the things themselves those are also pretty hilarious yeah and the funny (laughs) thing is you know i was expecting something more in line with those but no uh we what we got here was a a surprisingly very uh in-depth sincere meditation into humanity with lots of dark comedy to go with it sure yeah sure i mean it, it definitely fit in line with with those shorts very well it was basically just like an extended version of one um because like you know it, it does follow the same sort of humor it just then has more to say with it but it, it like a little bit more of a plot i would say for sure yeah because yeah. um, it's like more than just a one-off joke and or it's just what all the other ones were <laughs> i don't think that the piece as a whole is supposed to be a joke either no um, it it does sort of end with um, the adult oh. Emily telling Emily Prime to like you know be in the present as much as she can because yeah. like the dead envy the living and and stuff like that, which isn't exactly a new sentiment for people to have, <laughs> but right. delivered in this way takes on kind of a new facet in a world where you're like okay you're the only thing you have left is this like continually fading idea of like what one person was in the past. Right. And then new experiences and old experiences kind of like blur together. And it's sort of like humanity is in this state of advanced dementia. It's really (laughs) like, it's really a lot. And then like. It's It's an interesting vision of what the future is like. And also maybe a reflection of what, today is like as well (laughs) um so then like emily prime uh you know like the adult emily says goodbye to emily prime and then at first you're like oh shit because emily prime gets translate uh transported apparently back into like the far past where nothing exists and then she's just kind of there and she's looking like bummed and then suddenly she gets transported to where she was at the beginning where she's like by her, you know, computer yeah. thing. And then she's just like, yay! And then just runs out of the room. Yeah, like... like, that 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 part was, like, uh, really well-timed. Like, you know, like, earlier in the short, you know, they mentioned, like, the problems with time travel, how sometimes you'll, like, uh, time travel a person out of the orbit of the Earth or time travel them <laughs> so far back they're in the, they're in the prehistoric ages. And, like, yeah. you know, we see Emily Prime end up in the those prehistoric ages and it's like, oh, oh, that's a sad yeah. downer ending. And then it stops being a downer ending. I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah, because yeah, then also, because, like, it, it just, it waits just long enough for you to think, like, wait a minute, but then how does that translate to her coming back from the future later and then she goes back? And yeah. <laughs> so, because, like, they do make mention earlier the of like the future generation three emily having the memories of what she told herself when she was memory prime or when she was memory prime when she was a uh, <laughs> emily prime so it's like that kind of uh cyclical time travel where yeah. it's just like oh yeah it, it happened the way it happened you're not like changing anything so when she got sent back to like prehistoric times i was like oh but but wait, then how does that? And then <laughs> she got sent back to the right time. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I also f- like just the adult child dynamic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was kind of like I don't know. Even though it is your past iteration of self, you're kind of like you're just straight up dragging this child through all of these like very fucked up. right but it was like it was very strange too because like the way that the older emily was portrayed was like this sort of 
emotionless uh yes yeah. yeah i mean she like, almost seemed like like i you know i don't want it to sound offensive or anything but she almost seemed like uh just like in the way that she was describing like an individual with some sort of like mental disability or something so like just like the very emotionless sort of matter of fact like talking about her life in these ways that like uh well either was that sort of detached, or like but it sounded to me like how a traumatized person would talk about these things yeah yeah like, right it like did... it's got a lot of different elements to it there was a deli- and, like when she's talking about like falling in love with a yeah, yeah. i mean I mean, it's like, well, you know, a big part of, like, adult Emily is that, like, she spent so many years just, uh, socially, uh, isolated. Secluded. Nobody, nobody yeah. talked to her and stuff, you know? So it's like some, someone who is, it comes across as someone who's been in, like, solitary, uh, con- confinement for, like, yeah. years, like, coming Right, coming like, to the point and, that, like, she doesn't understand normal, yeah. like, interactions. Like, she's falling in love with rocks and robots before she meets, like, an actual person. And Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, uh, so, anyway, uh, like, I, I'm curious to sort of hear your guys' sentiments about it. Like, do you... I don't, I don't know. I always come away from watching something like this. I did watch part two, um, but... How was it? I couldn't find it. Oh, I mean, like, I, I just bought it. I found them. it. I just uh, yeah. didn't have the, yeah. uh, I didn't have the spare cash to, like, yeah. uh, buy it, buy it. But, like, you know, once this semester's over, I'm, I'm gonna go watch part two, because I, re- I really want to see what, what else there is to this. Yeah, yeah word. <laughs> um, part two is also subtitled, um, The Burden of Other People's Thoughts, which, <laughs> um... <laughs> So, like, I leave that with you as a teaser trailer. I feel like the title of it goes a long way into sort of telling you what it is. Um, but... Part any- two kind of recently came out, right? Yeah, like, relatively recently. I don't know how recently. Um, I wonder let's, if there are going to be more. But let's appa- look it up. But apparently, like, uh, Don Hertzfeld had, like, all of the dialogue of um, Emily Prime was just sort of organically collected like from his niece through like interactions with his niece throughout like a period of time that's really funny and then the the story that he wanted to tell was like structured not exactly around but he like fit all of this organic like five-year-old dialogue into this Um, yeah which i'm like damn <laughs> that's a lot to kind of think about like after the fact of having watched um uh, right that's, that's the funny part about emily prime is that she never really like directly responds to anything that the uh, <laughs> that the older emily says she just like says random like non sequitur things like yeah, it- a child would who's <laughs> not really like paying attention or understanding what it, the hell's going on it's a on. lot like what uh monsters incorporated did with uh boo you know oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very similar to that. uh yeah no it's uh, uh it's always kind of nice to like have a actual child playing a child because like you know so often in cartoons it's usually adult women playing children and it makes sense why they would do that but like uh you know, maybe it's just because I've watched so many cartoons, but it's very easy to tell, like, you know, yeah. when an adult is playing a kid versus when a kid is playing a kid, you know? And just, like, the, like, all of the distance between Emily Prime and, like, Emily 3 is yeah. just, like, because it's a space difference. It's a time difference. It is a how there you are difference, potentially right. a reality difference. And then there's like an age difference. And despite all of that, it's still just like a very like, I don't know, it, it does sort of feel a little bit like, you know, like Emily Prime doesn't care. She's like interacting with this um, sort of person just kind of like taking all of these experiences at face value, which is pretty yeah. heartening. Because sort of like, um, if you had uh, somebody who would be all like, oh man, the implications of this, um, then, you know, they wouldn't just be as chill as, as, as Emily Prime. <laughs> this little girl. Yeah, yeah, who can just like go off and play and enjoy her damn life. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you know, it's a, like I mean, it's like you know, she is like the thesis of the uh, short film uh, encapsulated. You know, living in the present, uh, appreciating life, that kind of uh, stuff. You know, that like the world through a child's eye is exactly like that. You know, you yeah. are living in our children do kind of live in the present. You know, they don't necessarily mm-hmm. worry about the future. And just the idea that like memory and experiences are now like so valuable and like thought of mm-hmm. that they're still the primary like focus of people's lives, like even in this like artificially constructed place where consciousnesses are to just exist. 
So is that is that what it was? Because I thought that they were actual physical people in the future. There are actual physical people in the future, but then she's like displaying, um, like it's it's I don't know. The, I mean, some of the things that I, she's shown, yeah. it it doesn't seem like she was like when when they were showing the places like on the moon and stuff. I don't think she actually took her to the moon. Oh, you no, know, yeah. yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, saying, but like the clones yeah. were like, yeah, the clones oh, they were impregnated like, themselves. Space. Um, yes. But just like the handling of like the mind yeah. was just very different, which is why kind of like it works in this like 2D minimalist depiction. But then if right. this was all like <laughs> real visceral stuff, you'd be like probably a lot more disturbed. <laughs> like if you saw all these like deteriorating clones like walking around and stuff, um, yeah. it'd be a lot more disheartening than what you actually end up seeing in the short. Yeah, from what yeah, I understood very... of it, it's like uh, all the poor people uh, basically are stuck to get fucked over by the world while like people <laughs> who can afford it uh, basically achieve a sort of immortality in the outer net, as they call it. Oh my yeah, god, like my favorite part about space. it was like when they're saying like, oh, and those people who didn't have enough money to like put the old memories of their relatives into new bodies did a, a downsizing version of that where they just had their relatives faces removed and put onto robots and then it just shows this like <laughs> this horrifying like box creepy robot with a face basically stapled to it just, just like, like shaking around, around in front of somebody it, it would be uh, yeah like if that was realistic that would be fucking horrifying as shit and then it was like oh yeah and all the poor people like they don't get as good time travel so most of them just end up jetting and jetting themselves into space. But like, what can you do? <laughs> you know. And then, oh my God, talking about like the shooting stars, like, oh, they're so pretty. Those are actual the the dead bodies re-entering yeah. the atmosphere and burning up. <laughs> and then Adalam's like, yeah, they're they're pretty. I guess it's just. But it was like. I, I don't know. There's something about that particular moment that stuck out to me because it was like it was taking something that is just like actually quite conceptually horrifying and just like adding a like a beauty to it, which is weird because like I can't think of any specific examples, but I feel like we sort of do do that in our own lives too. Not quite to that extent of like, oh, people burning. That's fucking gorgeous. But like, you know, like, oh, the beauty of the animal kingdom watching like a, like one animal stalk another is just like yeah i mean death's about to happen or, but that's like, chill it seems to also just be like um it'd be like that yeah you know? <laughs> that, that, that's what they're saying it'd be like that <laughs> yeah like now it seems like the capacity to be as horrified by something like that doesn't exactly come through in the dialogue right like they're yeah. all they're all so emotionally numbed that like basically they're emotionless 90% of the time and any emotion that they can have they're trying to find like positive emotions in it so it's just like yeah, yeah I mean we can't really spare the emotional energy being worried about this thing that we can't change really they just seem to but, spend a lot of time yeah. trying to get a handle on like what they're emoting and just even yeah. like the line um I, i'm proud of my sadness has always kind of stuck with me about world of tomorrow just because like it wasn't said in a way that would have been like oh like i am romanticizing how tired and how bad i feel and like right why well, it's more like this. it's uh, more yeah. like Oh man, like I have a feeling. <laughs> yeah, feelings. Exactly. Yeah, it's like more... I'm feeling something, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's which more is like, like bittersweet. Yeah. It's more like uh, you know, like I feel like there's this pressure in our society that like we gotta be happy no matter what, and maybe it's just because yeah. I work in like fast food and retail and shit, and it's like always have a fucking smile on your face, always uh, never be fucking gloomy, and. Uh, <laughs> fucking gloomy <laughs> fucking gloomy uh, you should tell your boss you're proud of your sadness <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but like even you know even in college it's it's like it's like yeah you're supposed uh, to be super fucking into whatever you're studying like it's the yeah. best like oh my mm -hmm. gosh i feel great yeah yeah exactly and it's just and you know it kind of leads you to just like shove all the anger and sadness to the very pit of your soul never to see the light of day and it's like uh, that that part I'm proud of my sadness. It's like it's it's okay. It's normal to be sad. It's normal to feel those negative emotions. That's just part of being human. And to think that maybe we'll get to the point where we're like coveting those emotions also. 
just as right. that experience. And then, like coveting those emotions because right. like if you can get any, you know, yeah, that's good, right? So like it seemed like this was almost like an economy of like vividness, <laughs> like people are just after like knowing and feeling things more clearly. Yeah, like if you've um, ever uh, read uh, "Do Robots Dream of Electric Sheep?" Mm-hmm. There's uh, uh there's this uh machine in it that like creates drugs for people, right? And the thing about these drugs is they're not like uh, substances as we know it like heroin or cocaine but like they're just like the hormones for certain emotions like pride in a job well done or or being happy or being submissive that kind of stuff basically in this society where that's been like uh nuked to hell it's uh or in the cyberpunk society that uh, arose in the aftermath of a nuclear war, people like just like gobble these drugs up like they were coffee to like feel different things. And uh, <coughs> I don't know, it made me think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And just this kind of like you like seeking after feeling and experience without like context of anything. Yeah. Like just like, oh man, like I really like this memory of him walking downstairs and seeing these plants like waving around. Like I've watched that like 6,000 times. And then like, if I don't know, I don't even know if I could watch anything 6,000 times, let alone like (laughs) a clip of someone, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this indulgence. Like, you know, we all have that memory that we'd like to go back to, but can't because it's past is past but and right. i think there's actually like um some evidence neurologically there the more you sort of go back and revisit a memory and relive it and replay it in your mind oh, the less reliable it, it becomes yeah 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 that's that's definitely true like so, like the idea that most of our <laughs> childhoods aren't real in this in a sense yeah depending on how 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 often you go back and think about which it which is I guess. kind of an upsetting thought but it's whatever <laughs> But I I found the quote um, of clone Emily telling Emily Prime things, and I've been trying to kind of reconcile it. I wonder if you guys have thoughts. It goes, do not lose time on daily trivialities. Do not dwell on petty detail. For all of these things melt away and drift apart within the obscure traffic of time. Live well and live broadly. You are alive and living now. Now is the envy of all of the dead. And I was like, yeah, that sounds cool. But that's literally what they're doing in the future and what they put a lot of like time around. They're like, I'm going to dwell on this fucking petty detail like as long as mm-hmm. I can. Like this petty detail is sh- the shit. <laughs> they're like super <laughs> into doing that. So for her to at the same time say that like don't dwell on petty detail, like I don't know what she considers a daily triviality. Maybe she's just saying that so that when... um so that Emily will just be uh, really paying attention to all of these things that the future is missing so that clones in the future can have the benefit of context for a little bit longer, which makes it a little bit darker. <laughs> like, she's yeah, not even telling like, Emily to live, like, I don't know. Well, Maybe I'm dwelling on this that, too much, but, like, this is, well, I, I this think is troublesome it, to it's me. exactly because she comes from a future that dwells on those trivialities that she yeah. tells she Emily. She doesn't seem to think hey, that they're trivial. Just, uh, just a heads up a warning uh uh don't don't do this we we are doing this and we and it is fucked so yeah because it seems like a it, it's definitely a tone of like well it's a little bit too late for me but you're young but then it's also strange because like i not that like it's any like hard and fast like sci-fi time travel rules in this 15 you know minute video that's mostly conceptual but like i don't think that they change anything when they go back in time right because she's talking about like oh this was the advice that i was given by me when you know i was emily prime right when i remember being yeah emily like prime, she doesn't right? she like yeah like she doesn't know where this thing like originally came from or whatever i'm so just it sort of felt Sorry, it sort of felt to me like it was more like a a sentiment being said to the audience rather than actually being said to the character of Emily Prime. You know what I mean? I know what you mean, um, I think. But but also, like, Emily Prime and adult Emily, while adult Emily kind of treats 
them as different people in different points in time. They're actually different people. Like, yeah. Emily Prime is dead by the time adult yes. we see adult Emily. She is just a clone of the original Emily. So it's like, in a way, she is a different person. Different experiences, different memories. Sure, she's well, she had, has, the, she she's had have... the old memories yeah. implanted in her. But it always feels like she experiences those old memories like, uh, like, like a person watching tv instead of yeah. actually being like that was my experience or was it not my experience i don't know life is but a dream right 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 but rather uh i know this is the experiences of someone else not me like i was playing a first person shooter or some shit you know <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so i don't know like it, it it definitely felt to me more of just like a sort of meta statement sort of reiterating the kind of like themes of the the short as a whole because like I, I i agree with chowder that it felt more like saying like yeah we're we're already fucked so you know give this message to someone who's in a back position then and not, might be able to change it yeah right so it's like because clearly i think that there's some recognition that like the situation that third generation emily is in you know even with her dampened emotional state is like pretty bad one overall right so i think she's basically saying like yeah this is kind of the sort of the problem with our society but there's sort of no changing it now but um i did like her kind of like i don't know um like adult emily was like oh she i made the decision to like go back to earth to like interact more with people <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> and she was like oh man that was fucking lit that was great <laughs> Like in comparison, so I mean, people are way better than robots and rocks. <laughs> it's like, or was it an alien? The alien was the second thing she found. I with, mean, not a robot. Yeah, like right? the alien that she like awoken from the ice or something. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, odd. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So she, she like. I don't think that adult Emily, like, I don't know. I don't think she, like, feels like it's all bad. Like, I don't think she feels like she's been dealt, like, a particularly bad card. I think no. she just has trouble um, making sense of the world. Kind like, as we do yeah, now, but I mean, in a in a different world, I guess. Right. I mean, it feels to me like, like I mean, we the only real perspective we get from the future is of the third generation Emily, not of anyone else. But the mm -hmm. way she describes the other people kind of sounds that like makes it sound like her situation is not like an unusual one. Yeah. She's just most of them an every man. Uh, right. Like most yeah, of them are in this. Yeah. State. Actually, it sounds like she's one of the people who got the better end of the stick. Well, yes, but I mean, yeah. And other than all the poor people who died, right? Like <laughs> of the people that are, that are still like existing the way she's existing. It sounds like the, pretty much the state of the future is they're all in this sort of uh, like, I want to say like lost state where they're kind of like going about the motions and like, uh, you know, since like after the third, after the different generations of clones, they've lost sort of their emotions. They've lost like that, a lot of their that they're basically critical like, thinking. They're basically yeah. like the robots that Emily, uh, adult Emily made, you know, just constantly yeah. evading the uh, shadow. Even when the task is already completed, they just right. are forever running away from the shadow because they fear death, but they don't know why, why they run, you know? Yeah. Right, right. It's very, like, you know, it, it's an interesting thing because it's just, like, I, I think that the whole thing is, is you know, meaning to, to talk about, like, the state of our world now and kind of, like, you can't live in this state of futility sort of without a purpose because this is sort of, like, the ultimate extended right. version he's of like that, creating right? the atmosphere of an extreme version of what a lot of people seem to be like experiencing now like oh i'm just kind of like drifting through and doing whatever and, and like just sort of looking at the past you know for them literally for us through social media and stuff and, and right. just media yeah a mass media yeah or even just like the volume of media consumed yeah. which is probably mm -hmm. way more than people of like a couple of generations ago because yeah. yeah. you have like just the time that people have to spend on like okay i'm gonna process like not even other people's experiences but like artificial constructs that are meant to make me think and feel perhaps something in a different way. So like just this like indirect processing of experience that we're already kind of subject to a lot just through the amount of time we spend on like 
you know, seeking media to consume because it's stimulating is also, I think, kind of related to this um, of just sort of how often you kind of spend in a headspace that is not you directly experiencing something in life, but instead just like, I'm gonna distance myself from that and like watch this or, you know, listen to that or like become immersed in some other way that's not like my real life going on right now. Right. I don't know. Like when she said when she said the the quote that you were talking about of like, oh, don't get obsessed with minute details. It sort of made me think about just like people getting stressed too much with like what's happening in the present and not thinking about like the broad term of things. Because like that's a thing that I feel like I try to tell myself and like try to tell like my classmates a lot is that like don't worry so much about like oh getting this essay done and having it be perfect or doing all these things right because it's like in the grand scope of things like when you're 80 years old and looking back on your life like you're gonna care whether or not you graduated college or whatever but you're probably not gonna care whether or not you got a great grade on like that one particular right i don't essay, think the difference between right? like 85% and like 92% will mean as much to you at that time. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, even, looking, even looking back now, like, uh, just I don't give a shit about any of the grades I got in high school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. It's like, and not even just like the difference between an 82 and like a, or like an 80 and a 92, but it's like even like 75 and 90 is like, you know, you wouldn't like, and probably even further down than that, it's just like, you don't, it, as long as it's not a, complete general trend right and you're doing that way with everything like individual low points don't matter so much so it's like just being able to like let go of that stress and recognize that it's like that's not a thing that's going to matter to me in the future so why should it matter so much to me right now is like it's kind of a freeing thing even if it's sort of a hard ideology to adopt yeah because yeah. if you really adopt it in the fullest extent then you probably will Mm -hmm. kind of fuck up your life but yeah i think <laughs> so it's like a film seems to do a good job of kind of like scaling up the implications of not living a little bit better and not yeah. having a little bit firmer of a grasp on like your own metacognition and your knowledge of how you tend to go through a day and things like that right because it's like I don't know. It's kind of interesting because it's like the character of the future Emily has like her and the rest of the society has been dampened so much to the point where they've pretty much removed everything. And then when nothing is left, she's sort of now capable of then adopting some of these sort of introspections, which some like which we might not even be able to do in our lives because we have so much else going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like she, you know, after the end of the day, like, she still kind of realizes that she needs this therapeutic experience of going back and talking to her past self in a way. Because, like, the whole thing definitely, to me, feels like... The her, last the thing she sort of instinctually grasps upon is I like, oh, this was dinner. real. This was a real person. Right. Like, yeah. it, it feels... No, it feels to me like the... Like, it feels to me like the character is, like, the whole film is the character kind of, like, going back to talk to herself to, like, self therapy like get some self-therapy and just like have a like a truly neutral person to sort of vent to yeah or just like uh, I, I want to i want to present this to you <laughs> like because right. she doesn't seem to really resent the fact that the child emily cannot really like have a conversation with her she seems right. to just want to get it out like look yeah exactly like what what are you what <laughs> let me let me, uh, I guess, deliver this world unto you. Yeah, it's 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 like a weird dichotomy because like she's presenting it in a way as if it's just objective and matter of fact. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you get the sense that the reason she's actually doing it is to like, you know, is that because she gets some sort of solace out of you know, relaying the information, mm -hmm. which is very strange and bittersweet and yeah. Yeah. The short reminds me of uh, this episode of an uh, anime called uh, Mushishi. It, it's about this uh, uh, guy named Ginkgo as he travels travels the world studying these things called mushi which are basically like nature spirits combined with bacteria mm -hmm. same uh, <laughs> uh and you know every episode is like uh, him observing different people and how they interact with 
Mushi and how they interact with nature and that kind of stuff. In one episode, he comes across this village of, uh, and, like, this village has this strangeness in that, like, whenever people die, they always oddly seem to come back in a few years. And, you know, mm. it, it's, uh, you know, later revealed that, like, uh, basically what happens is this village, like, well, whenever someone dies, they put their, uh, uh cor corpse in this, uh, uh, lake? No. Yeah, lake, and, like, uh, you know, the corpse will revert back to, like, a sort of embryo state, and, like, if you feed a woman that embryo, uh, she will be basically, she will basically be pregnant with that, uh, that per- that uh person so that's wild yeah and you know the when the person is born it, they don't have any memory of their old life so you know but they are the same individual they they're the same individual in the sense that you know they got their dna and how they look and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. uh and you know the episode ponders what it means to be you and like nature versus nurture sort of stuff yeah nature versus nurture yeah. sort of stuff and it also sort of ponders what it's like to constantly or to never have to deal with a loved one dying because like you know two major characters in that episode are are or three i guess are this father his daughter and and uh you know their dead her dead mother who uh the father like begs the daughter to like you know uh ha basically give birth to her mom which is jeez yeah uh and you know the daughter goes through what goes through with it and you know the father you know, kind of comes off as kind of pitiful and uh you know the daughter her conclusion is basically look she may look like my mother but she doesn't have her experiences she doesn't have any memory of that so yeah I'm she's just she's a clone her. She's just, functionally just a random person. Yeah, I'm just gonna... So wait, when they're born, are they, like... The, when they're born, they're, like... Fully grown? No, they're not fully grown. <laughs> no, they're, like... No, they age normally is the thing. Right. They age normally, so, you know, they're born a newborn baby, and they grow up yeah. as, uh, uh, normally, you know? Uh, That's wild. Yeah. Uh... uh and, you know, she, uh, she's, like, this... I, and I'm going to treat this child like my daughter. Not like some rebirth of my mother or some shit or that that kind right. of right. It's just weird because like, because you still do have to live with the experience of a loved one dying in a way because it's like it's not like the man gets his wife back because he'd have to wait like you know, well, yeah, like years, well, yeah, decades like, and, and decades. Like, and like they kind of point and like Ginko and the daughter like point that out, but like you know he's so like kind of he's like stunted. I have to do something. So, uh, like, yeah, yeah, I I have to do something, and you know, hey, she has some of these mannerisms of my dead wife, so it's yeah. Like, yeah, uh, so it's like... And, it's you know, a little it's... bit more of a um, nuanced handling of the subject than, I guess, like, Pet cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, it's like, hey guys, just let that shit go, you know? Yeah, so I mean, I, I appreciate kind of like the mortality element of that, um, of just kind of like, okay, World of Tomorrow focuses more on, um, like, that what what being reborn means with respect to all of these experiences that sort of just yeah. take on less and less meaning as your life grows longer and longer um and undergoes more iterations versus the like sort of like physical part of like the human makeup of just okay like literally just a a dna copy of you like living mm -hmm. life and yeah. going through life again yeah, <laughs> just kind of I like mean, an experiment it, yeah it makes me think of that um uh, World of Tomorrow makes me think of that Mushishi episode because, like, you know, they're in both of these societies, like, people have sort of found a way to circumvent death, but... Right, but, like, is that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> but but it's not really a good thing. It kind of causes you to be stunted development developmentally. Like, death is a part of the human experience, and without right. it, you are yeah. missing out on something human. Yeah, it reminded me of, um, I can't remember what that movie is called, but it's, like, it's... It stars Justin Timberlake, and the whole premise of the movie what? is that, like, a, a, you'll a, listen. We'll, con we'll make these connections. But um, <laughs> it, the whole, I can't remember what it's called. It's like time something or other. But the whole premise of the movie, right, is that people no longer pay for things in the future with money. They oh, pay for it with time. I, I know what you're talking about. It's oh, like uh, where, yeah. where they scan uh, their like watches and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. right. So like, and the like, time that they have yeah. is like literally like the time left in their life. So none of them age past like the age of 30 or something like that, yeah. right? And basically like the people in the poor living in the poor living situations are like essentially, you know, 
literally living on their paycheck like week like month to month or week to week whereas like they're within minutes of death and then they get paid and then it's just like oh you've got another week right yeah. whereas like the people who is a terrifying existence right and then but like you know they live with that or whatever and then like the the wealthy basically have so much time that they are essentially yeah, they, immortal they've yeah. all this time to like yeah, right and, and it's just like they want and it's 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 like our you know like how our society is with wealth except like that the wealthy never die because they keep going on forever and ever right and it's just like the same people who like collect more and more wealth and fuck over more and more people and it, it it reminds me of that because like they don't really get into it a whole lot but the classist element is totally still there like hundreds yeah, of years the, in the future but the class element is like something that's like hinted upon and maybe it wasn't that big of an issue for emily because i guess emily's in the sort of upper class or whatever but she talks about just like casually talks about all the horrible things that happen to the lower class like oh they resort to trying to do time travel and half of them just end up in space but like really it was their only option at this point and they instead of becoming immortal they stitch their dead relatives onto creepy robots and it's just like all these horrible things that she's just kind of skirting past yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's like uh matter you know, of factly in that, uh, in that yeah. justin timberlake movie you know a, a good detail i liked in that was that, that like up. the rich because they have so much time are just like uh, uh just like constantly like living their lives like it's in slow motion uh like they're constantly stuck in the past but the poor because mm-hmm. they're they could die at any minute literally uh they are constantly hustling and bustling trying to get as much done as they can because the next day might be their last literally speaking in time yeah. that's what it was called couldn't conjure up that in, right. in time yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> Yeah, and, you know it's yeah. it's the nice benefit of one of those few Hollywood movies that has an actual Robin Hood character instead of yeah, <laughs> like that that always annoys me. Like every time they try to make a Robin Hood movie, it's like they don't really make the character of Robin Hood, you know, steal from the rich to give to the poor kind of situation uh, with swashbuckling, but like some sort of down with the monarchy dude. I, I yeah. don't fucking know like and like you know with every fucking heist movie it's like the setup is right there steal from the rich give to the poor great motivation now nah, we have to go through some convoluted shit to explain why this guy wants to steal money it's like because if you steal from the rich and give to the poor that's communism sir <laughs> that's why they can't show it on hollywood <laughs> <laughs> because we really like our idea like at the of, end of every actual of robin, robin hood. hood movie they would have to like have a bernie sanders ad and be like yo <laughs> just saying just just, just bernie, saying. Sandy, bernie sandy bernie sanders comp. bernie sandy <laughs> just popping up in the credits just saying just saying <laughs> no, bernie sanders has a cameo in the movie somewhere just... yo that would actually be great marketing yes <laughs> like or or the epic step campaign. further and bernie sanders actually just plays robin hood and he's just this really old dude but they get like his stunt doubles played by young men so like if you're paying attention you see him doing all these kick all these like flips oh, in the shit. air and like all of his bow and arrow tricks and then just like boom bernie sanders steps into the shot it's just like hmm that guy looks like he's a lot more hunched over than he was when he was doing those flips <laughs> it just sounds like a mel brooks movie at that point <laughs> I think that also just this, like, both with the In Time movie and with World of Tomorrow, like, Mm -hmm. the, like, I guess one of the things that is often unaddressed when people are hyping up new technology is, like, access to the technology. Yeah. (laughs) That's really never been a thing. (laughs) Like, where it it takes, like, a long time, relatively speaking, for a technological advancement to make its way, like, across the world. And there are, like plenty of places in the world where some technological advancements have not really like reached um so like a lot of life-saving like biomedical treatment and like things like that you know half of bangladesh is still stuck in 1900 like yeah uh, like so these things are like they're exciting and they're cool and it's nice to envision futures where like yeah all of this exists but if you really want your super cool science 
fiction future, you gotta work on like getting it to distributing that regular ass people. Like, yeah. like you gotta make it, that accessible. Like it makes me right. think it of like uh, when... uh, it makes me think of Google Stadia, right? Like you know, it's pitch. Oh, you you can like play any video game anywhere with Google Stadia because you don't need a console or a high end PC. You can just stream your video game. But Google Stadia fails to realize that what they have is assumes that people have unlimited bandwidth and uh, not enough tech tech to go around when in reality we live in the opposite world we have monopolies uh like uh dividing up the internet or or, uh, uh, dividing up bandwidth amongst themselves and and like not giving us unlimited bandwidth and like fucking supercomputers in our pockets we live in the yeah. opposite <laughs> world of what stadia assumes you know it's, it's silly yeah it's right and like <clears throat> i think it's interesting that like sort of science fiction things or like um I know that World of Tomorrow has a lot of science fiction things in it, but it seems to be more about um, sensations and commentary yeah. and philosophy than it is about yeah. necessarily science fiction, which, yeah, which like, you could I say mean, that that's what science fiction is for, yeah. but I don't know. It, it's not... Um, it's more of your Star Trek science yeah. fiction rather than your, I guess, uh, I can't even think of a good example. I mean, there are lots of them, but about it's like, it's know, not like really, Blade it's not, yeah, right. It's not focused on exploring the mechanics of the, like, the narrative fiction world that they've set up. The, right. The technology it's about the implications. It's not really the about themes, the stuff. Not the other way exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So I guess like, but it... I what I appreciate about it is that it doesn't um it doesn't ignore things like yeah super cool technology and then magically it's distributed everywhere. It's like <laughs> nah, we still have these like resource distribution issues. Um, Which you know that lead to ma- this makes like, uh, makes yeah. adults Emily's future even sadder in that they haven't gotten rid of capitalism yet. <laughs> right or like. Even before, um, you know, we attached, like, the idea of capitalism to how society runs, you've always had haves and have-nots, even in societies that were arguably not terribly capitalistic, or perhaps not, like, did not have capitalism manifest in the way that we do today. Um, So I think that sort of universality of experience of like okay can humanity figure out how to be egalitarian uh it seems to transcend (laughs) our capacity for imagination because in most things that we have like in fantasy or sci-fi or in these imaginary worlds like um we we don't get to have that we don't get to have an egalitarian society (laughs) um right certainly not when you know our technology is stunting our critical thinking skills and our like desire to even change mm -hmm. things which is like what's happening in world of tomorrow right yeah like the kind of thing that it's partially warning against it's just like yeah we're certainly not going to come up with new solution to problems if our current solution to problems are limiting our ways to think of new solutions because and i think part of the reason even today people tend to do that is because the problems themselves are very overwhelming this is a very like we have all of these large scale very complicated problems that are being more made more complicated with all the technology we have and that are growing, um, that are the nature of which is changing like faster and faster. So, I mean, it sort of is an unfortunate feedback loop of the more you can sort of become aware of the more you're kind of like, but what about my stuff? Um, and like, even if you're willing to like, you know, put in the legwork, the problem with a lot of things is any one individual can't make that change. Like think global warming, like personal consumer choices are not going to stop global warming. Right. And at this point, even if they, you know, like that being true and like we we're living now in a society where like if you want to actually make any change on those like real world issues, then you're pretty much putting in some pretty tremendous personal sacrifice yeah. because you're basically saying like whatever I wanted to do with my life, the issues that we have are so complicated that to even make a dent I have to devote my entire life to doing that. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, so. and persuading other people to do that alongside you. <laughs> right. And, um, and of course, if you don't got the money to do that, like you know, most people need to pay rent. They need to have food in their fridge, and so they're like, "Yeah, you know what? I guess I'll go to Walmart and get 
questionable food because that's what I got and that's what's here and I choose to be alive. I I would love to stop global warming, but I can't exactly do that if I'm dead. But I I, I don't don't fucking know. Ah. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I, I think that the sense of being overwhelmed is something that's well captured. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that... I feel like we're getting a very off-topic lot well, in the lighter because half. I, I think that we find, like... I think that we find that World of Tomorrow has been a very successful short film. It, it like, won a bunch of awards, I believe, in 2015 when it was uh, released, premiered at the Sundance Festival and all that. Um but yeah, like it it seems to sort of speak to a lot of these common themes of, you know, sort of feeling overwhelmed and not having quite a, a firm understanding of your own experiences or whether they are your experiences or sort of what's yep. going on, but delivered in this very like matter of fact way. <laughs> um, yeah. So like you can kind of relate to it enough, but it's alien enough that it doesn't scare you um, for being too close to home, which I think is a difficult thing to pull off. On all of those quite depressing notes, I think maybe we should be moving on to the uh, to the ratings section, shall we? I mean, I for okay. one am proud of my depressing notes. All right, thank you both for a very uh, you know I'll I'll just call it like it is for a depressing as fuck discussion, but a one that got to some some good I think heart heartfelt matters. Now we're gonna be moving on to the ratings, where each of us is gonna rate the topic on a scale from 1 to 10. For those of you who have not been on one of these new episode formats, I have shifted the scales from 1 to 5 to 1 to 10. And I think we're gonna go, I think we're gonna go on a scale from 1 to 10 generations of Emily. I think that's how I'm feeling right now. So by the 10th one, she's probably real fucked up and basically a potato. Because three was not great. <laughs> Damn. So, John, you brought this to us. I'd like to hear, I mean, obviously you're into it. So I'll, I'm going to hear your thoughts on it. And then I'll hear from Chowder. And then I'll throw my own hat into the ring at the end. But Would, would you like this on a 1 to 10 scale? Or are we still doing 1 to 5? 1 to 10. 1 yeah. to 10. Okay. Um, my goal with this is basically to eliminate the need for point fives. That being <laughs> said, now people are doing point fives for my 1 to 10. Probably mostly to spite me. But it's, you know, it's okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to give world of tomorrow a nine out of ten um i really like the short film i wish it had explored some things a little bit further than it did Mm -hmm. um which would have made it less of a short film but i still think you could have gotten it done in a short film format um however being as um interesting and new and unique in content and tonality while still being apparently very accessible to a lot of people um was just impressing from a like storytelling perspective um on my end and i really liked don hertzfeld's work and his style that is why i i went ahead and like gave him money for this um I now own World of Tomorrow and World of Tomorrow Part 2, which I strongly recommend. Um, The burden of other people's thoughts. And if you thought this was somebody seeking therapy, wait till you see that one. Right. Um... So yeah, those are that that's my rating. I stand by it and I really hope that some people listening uh choose to go watch World of Tomorrow as a result of hearing about it. Hell yeah, dude. Alright, chatter. How you feeling? Uh I'm gonna give it eight Emily's and also like one of those like terrifying janky machinery with Emily's face <laughs> like grafted onto Jesus it. Christ. Damn. Now does that put it a little bit above <laughs> eight or a little bit below eight? <laughs> that that put <puts> it <laughs> little bit above eh? <laughs> uh no it, like you know i was expecting a dark comedy you know like the rejected commercial commercials and uh you know it's still really funny but uh, i also what i didn't expect was uh you know something very sincere and something that actually kind of meditates on like the experience of being human what it, what like technology can do to us and j- just that type of stuff and it was uh genuine genuinely heartfelt i I got the feels when watching it, so yeah. 
I like, I really like World of Tomorrow. And when this semester is over, I'ma buy me World of Tomorrow too. To see that and maybe get even more depressed. I would be <laughs> delighted to hear your thoughts upon your viewing World of Tomorrow Part 2. Yeah, I definitely also want to check that out. I think, yeah, I think I'm landing in the same boat as, as well, more or less as Chowder, where I, I think I'm going to give World of Tomorrow eight generations of Emily out of ten. Um, what about the janky robot with Emily's face grafted onto it? Yeah, I think I'm gonna do it a favor and not add one of those <laughs> into the mix. Because <laughs> personally, I'd rather not have one of those than the that than flailing. Do, the flailing was very good. But, but also um, the idea that they were like, this is equivalent. To yeah, <laughs> good enough. <laughs> Whatever oh, you can afford. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed all the introspective kind of qualities of it. I think that it, it, it that's ultimately what's going to make it stick with me. But also just, like, the humor in it hits me in a real good way. Like, <laughs> I love Don Hertzfeld's humor, and I could watch those stupid rejected shorts, like, a fucking million times. Like, th that would be my version of Emily's, like, guy looking at grass memory or guy looking at plants memory that you could just watch a million times over. <laughs> Would just be rejected cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I'm sure Don Hertzfeld is both happy and sad that that's what you pick. <laughs> Either that or the important videos playlist on YouTube, you know, but they're kind of the same thing, really. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's where I land on it. Um, it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's very, it, Chowder's right, it's very heartfelt. It's got good humor and it, I don't know, it makes it's some interesting commentaries that you don't necessarily, uh, amongst all the sort of dark humor in it, you don't necessarily realize initially like how many parallels it has to like where we're going as a society, but I think you kind of get there by the end of it, which is nice, but yeah. All right, guys, well, thank you for that. Uh, this is just gonna, this is about going to wrap it up for us. Thank you for listening to the Common Geeking Program. Uh, again, I've been your host, Jeff Levitt. You can find me. Uh, I've got an Instagram. It's things I wish existed, and there's a dot between each word. I try to post my uh, my art stuff in there, which is what I'm studying for grad school. Grad so school. Legit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it's official art. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to post some stuff on, on YouTube, working on another uh, real or fake Transformers names video. <laughs> I think we're going to continue with those because I've had a good time all the times that I've recorded those. But um, uh, I've been joined by Jonavi and Chowder. Do you guys want to kind of give your whole spiels and if there's any place that you can be found? Yeah. Uh, hi, I'm Timewell Chowdhury or Chowder, whichever you prefer. You can find me on Twitter at Timewell Chowdhury. You can see how that's spelled in the description. Uh, and if you can't find me uh, because my body is a decaying corpse in the ground, just remember there will be, there will probably be some Jesus corporation Christ. willing to commodify your grief by grafting my face onto a janky ass robot. <laughs> So now what we have to do is we got to record another episode of the podcast and swap the outro for that one with this one so that that sentence comes out of no sort of context to what we were talking about. <laughs> and I'm Jonavi Iyer. Um, I am at jkiyer1 on Twitter. I don't really post that much, but I mean, like, I'm there. And uh, yeah, if you want to find me otherwise, I will be uh, crying in the Washington, D.C. metro area. Because <laughs> that's where I am. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, if you're you know, listening to these monthly. Our next episode will be airing on, ooh boy, when will that be? It'll be on the third Friday of January, which will be the 17th. So tune in for that. In an odd turn of events, we actually know what that one's gonna be about. And it's really exciting. We're uh, we're doing a little campaign in D&D, &D, the Eberron setting, and we've been planning that for a little while. So that should be fun. Yeah. Um, so again, January 17th for that. And uh, as always, thanks for listening and subscribing and sharing and everything you do. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Sure. This episode of the Common Geeking Program is hosted by Jeff Levitt. 
joined by Taimul Chowder Chowdhury and Jonavi Iyer, talking about The World of Tomorrow by Don Hertzfeld. Uh, this episode is brought to you by A Staycation, where I'm sick all nine days that I'm off of work. Cool! The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levitt, with this episode edited by me, Colin, featuring original music also by me. Uh, we'll be back at the beginning of 2020 with a new comment briefing program, and then the middle of the month again with more about Dungeons and Dragons. So it'll be a fun time. Tune in then, and thank you for listening to this. In the in the new Fast and Furious movie, you know, Hobbs and Shaw, it, you know, Idris Elba is like the main bad guy, and you know, he's like this dude who's gone through some scientific experiments and get became Black Superman, as they describe him. And like, you know, it's always obvious uh, uh, when they when they got a stuntman in there, because you know, Idris Elba is getting is kind of old, but you, because like he'll always wear like a motorcycle jacket and like helmet helmet oh face concealing helmet over it, so it's like. <laughs> Uh, yep, yep, that, that is all stuntmen right there. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. I mean, make, again, makes sense. Idris Elba's, uh, kind of old, so he can't do all the wild stunt stuff that Fast and Furious movies are known for, but yeah. Right, uh, and they don't have, they don't have so many stuntmen with visibly graying hair. <laughs>